1: this is the bonfire on the blaze radio network
0: all right ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for tuning in to the bonfire podcast once again in case you can't tell my nose is a little stuffed up right now the dallas metroplex north texas really has been struggling with All sorts of pollen, unnatural weather patterns for this time of year. Uh, The joke is, yes, Texas can be warm in the winter, frequently in the 80s, sometimes even into the 90s, but not to my recollection this much back and forth, where one Friday we have ice and sleet, and it's 20 degrees, but feels like it's in the teens, and then five days later... We have weather in the 70s, huge winds from the south, obviously that's where the heat's coming from, and with that, all of the mountain cedar, the pollen, and all the trash that our sinuses just love, you know. Then we're back to some cold weather, so the winds are constantly changing and bringing with it such different forms of irritants that your body can't really adapt yet. And so people like me, unfortunately, suffer sneezing, coughing, stuffy nose, and runny at the same time. It's the weirdest freaking thing. But enough of that. You're here for the good stuff, as you always are, I hope. The first thing I want to talk about is a documentary review, and I noticed this on Netflix the other day, so I highly recommend those of you who do have Netflix, go check it out. It's called Minimalism, a documentary about the important things. So let me go ahead and play the trailer first, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. We spend so much time on the hunt, but nothing ever quite does it for us. And we get so wrapped up in the hunt that it kind of makes us miserable.
1: Black Friday shopping mania is still playing out tonight at malls across America. High hopes so, of saving some big bucks on those holiday gifts.
0: Stores to the In some cases, it did turn violent. We've as a culture have lost our minds.
1: There's no question that what it means to have achieved the American dream has increased tremendously in material terms.
0: This is not something that just happened yesterday. This is something that has been sold to us over the past hundred years by those that want to make a whole lot of money.
1: Now that's what I
0: call a good-looking car.
1: You have this thing that you were obsessed about, but then the new version comes out, and now you no longer care about the one you have. In fact, the one you have
0: is a source of dissatisfaction. People are beginning to recognize that they have maybe been tricked. There is no out until you become aware. You're not gonna get happier by consuming more. Ready? I was born ready. There's nothing wrong with consumption. The problem is compulsory consumption. We're tired of it. We're tired of acquiring things because that's what we're supposed to do. When I heard about minimalism, it wasn't about just getting rid of my stuff. It was about taking control of my life and stop
1: being told what to do and actually deciding what I wanted to do.
0: When I first started reducing the number of things in my life, I found out that I had 51 things in the entire world. We've probably sold or donated at least 90% of our stuff. As I started to move that stuff out, I was able to finally realize what I had sacrificed.
1: I don't know what the most common three words are in American homes. I don't know if it's, I love you, or if it's, I want that. This same thing that's not making us happy is also causing the
0: degradation of our habitat. We're going to have to give up a lot. The secret is that a lot of that we're not actually going to miss.
1: What I found with minimalism is it's a way of saying, let's stop the madness. When you recognize that this life is yours, and that it is your one and only, and when that seeps directly in your bones, and you recognize that this is it, everything changes.
0: Minimalism, a documentary about the important things. So, I recommend everybody watch it just because it's... It's a good-thinking documentary. It just makes you think. Do I agree with everything they said in the documentary? No. I think there are a few unsavory characters in the documentary, people I don't necessarily agree with. I mean, not just on this topic, but on a variety of other things. They're actually well-known people. Uh, I'm not going to say who they are because it doesn't matter. We're here to talk about this documentary and the positions that they put forward. So minimalism about not just getting rid of stuff. Because there are some minimalists who do that, who say, hey, let me just get rid of most of my stuff. Then there are others who say, well, wait, let's ask the question for everything that we buy. Like one of the uh, stars of this documentary and the people who helped make it, he said, it's not about getting rid of things. Consumerism is fine, but compulsive consumerism is the problem. So he says in the documentary, you know ask yourself, what value is this item, this thing bringing to me? So if you're someone like me, who's building up a library of books and DVDs, I place value in those things. So I'm not going to get rid of them because of the knowledge, the entertainment, the cultural value that I place on those items. I say, yes, I'm going to keep these. But the other day, what did I do? I went through my closet actually before I saw this documentary, and I got rid of a lot of clothes. I thought, do I really need these, these things? When was the last time I wore this thing, this shirt, these pants, that jacket? And I got rid of three trash bags worth of stuff. I mean, I could have shoved it all into one, to be fair, but that would have been too heavy and it probably would have torn the bag. So I split it out into three different ones so that, you know, the people at the charity could easily handle the clothes I was giving them, you know? So, a decent amount. I was able to clean up my room a little bit, and I felt better. I said, okay, I gave these clothes to charity, people who need them. I don't. I have enough. I really do. That forced me to go through the stuff that I have and think, okay, well, here's what I need. I could probably get rid of even more, and I'll probably do that you know, later in the year when it warms up and I'm able to put away my winter clothes and go back through my summer stuff and think, all right, well, how many shorts do I need, short sleeve shirts, whatever. Who knows? You figure it out. There are some people in this documentary who got rid of practically everything. And one of the guys, he says, yeah, I think I own 51 things now. That's pretty crazy. That is insane. (laughs) But it works for him. All right, go for it. He wants to travel the world, and he's doing that. He says he just rents places for weeks or months at a time and then just moves to the next place. Great. Good for you. Have fun with that. So I took from this documentary my own little nugget of information that I think, you know what? I could be more discerning in the things that I buy in my life and ask myself, what value is this going to bring to me? If I buy some Chotsky, some random piece of crap from out of town and I think, oh, this would just be a great souvenir. I need, well, what value is this bringing to me? If it's a magnet, okay, I can kind of use that on the chalkboard that I have at home to put things up on the chalkboard because it's a magnetic one as well. Or I could put it on the fridge and put more things that I need to remember. Notes, funny pictures. That does serve some purpose, okay? It'd be a magnet. I can say, okay, that reminds me of that place I went to. And it's serving a purpose. But a random, you know, stupid souvenir that you find at your local or big box brand kind of store. It's cheesy. You think, ah, you know what? Nah, I don't need that. I'm going to save my money. And next thing you know, you just have years of all this crap saved up. And you think, well, now I have to go through all this again. Oh, this has such good memories. I'll think I'll hold on to this once again. All right. Well, to each his own, ask yourself, I would say, ask yourself, what value does anything bring to me? Look at that item, those clothes, whatever you have, and think, how much value am I actually getting from that? Because like they say, yeah, you do feel better when you just have less stuff in your life. We're not compelled to go buy all sorts of crap and there is a lot of crap out there okay but there are some useful things as well that we need and that is the beauty of our economy the cap the capitalism gives us things that we need at a more affordable price and now more people can afford them so for one guy here here in the trailer that you heard to say oh this has been happening to us for a hundred years just so people could make a lot of money all right Shut up. No. Did they make money? Yes. Was that their motivation? Probably. But that is not the only thing that came out in the past hundred years. You know, the big companies lining their pockets. No. What did we get out of it? We got something called an exchange. We got the stuff that we bought. Some of it was crap. But hey, no one forced us to buy it. We just went and did it ourselves. All right, buddy? I can't stand it when people just say like, oh... Companies just want profit and that's all there is. No, it's a two-way street. We gave them the money that's lining their pockets. Okay? And it's their money. Now they can do whatever the hell they want with it because we bought their stuff. If you don't want to line their pockets, don't buy their stuff. It's that simple. I felt like there were a number of people in this documentary kind of painting vaguely CEOs and capitalism as oh, they're just greedy. They just want money. They're just giving us crap. Okay, well They can make all the crap they want, but if we don't buy it, they will stop making it because they will realize it's a waste of their time and money and they'll refocus their efforts on something else. Okay? It's an exchange. If you quit buying their crap, they'll quit making it. So, those are just my two cents. Minimalism. A documentary about the important things. And that's what I take from it. Figuring out in my life, hmm, what value does this bring to me? And if it doesn't bring me value... I should get rid of it. And so should you. Focus on the people and the experiences in your life. Not how much stuff can you get.
1: This is The Bonfire, on demand, on the Blaze Radio Network. This is The Bonfire, on demand, on the Blaze Radio Network. Here's your host, Andrew Herzog.
0: Now here's a review of something that I went and experienced myself the other day. After reading about it in a number of books and articles, and lately I'm reading all sorts of books on business, entrepreneurship, Uh, self-help is the wrong word. It's more like just psychology books, sort of picker-upper books that make you feel good and how to tackle life's problems, your work, how to help people. I really wish I could think of a better genre for it, but all these sorts of books are written by CEOs, successful business owners, you know, celebrities, people who are doing you know, some good for the world, making money, being very successful, and they're sharing their thoughts and experiences so that they help those of us younger than them and in different industries you know, make our own mark on the world and help. One of them is uh, Tim Ferriss. Some of you may be familiar with him. He has his own podcast, and he does very well. I was reading one of his books about this flotation therapy. (laughs) Excuse me. Oh, man, I started reading that. I thought, what the hell is going on? I kept reading, and it was really just a few pages in the whole book, if even that. And he says, look, we all know therapy. That's where you talk it out. We all know of massages. That's where you get physical therapy but what about flotation therapy? And he explained it, and I went and saw a couple videos online to help kind of get an image on what he was describing. Basically, you sit in a very shallow tub of water, no more than a foot, foot and a half deep, but they pack it with hundreds, thousands of pounds of salt. So when you get in it and you lie out flat, like you're about to make a snow angel, you just lie out like that and spread out, you float. And we all know floating, okay? It's really not that unique. It's not surreal, like, oh, wow, I've never experienced this before. But he explained it and described it as something so unique because they say you shut the door to this tub, close the lid, and it tunes out all light, all the noise from the outside world because i mean you're inside a building first of all but he would say i recommend you not listen to music or any sort of audio sit there lie there floating in the dark with no noise no stimuli except lying in this water which is skin temperature by the way so that way you're not really supposed to feel it. it's not supposed to be super cold or super hot you're just lying in it and floating just kind of floating along and he says, yeah, shoot for an hour. See how you can do that. I thought to myself, hey, okay, I'll, I'll try that. I found a place in the Dallas area, and I thought, all right, I'll go do that. I'll try this flotation therapy. And, oh, my God, let me tell you, it was so tedious. I do not recommend it. I'm sorry. I, I can't because it was not what was described in my experience. I showed up. They gave me a tour. I said, all right, cool, cool. Let me go ahead and get started. Let's try this out. I change, and they ask you, hey, look, before you get in, you need to shower. We want you to wash off all the oils, the shampoo, whatever product you may have in your hair. Get it all out and get yourself clean before you try to get into this purified water with Epsom salt and all sorts of stuff. They're like, we want to try to keep it pure and clean. Okay, fair. So I had to shower before I could start the experience. All right. So then I got in. Water was nice. Started floating i chose like an option where i could listen to music for 15 minutes and then it would turn off so that was nice i'll say it was nice when the music was going just kind of got to float along and i'm listening to music kind of calming down and that's what i was trying to do here not physical therapy like muscle relaxation i was going for mental relaxation just kind of floating along thinking to myself all right it's the end of the week life is good take a deep breath maybe fall asleep yeah no that's not what happened the music stopped and then I'm just kind of sitting there in the dark, real quiet, kind of hearing the water every now and then as I move my hand or something. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm not really tired, so I'm just kind of lying there. And that's about it. I still felt like I was in a pool. I could still visualize where I was. It was, it was pretty dark. I couldn't see my hand right in front of my face, but I still knew exactly where I was. It didn't feel so out of this world kind of experience that I led myself to believe that it was so probably lied there for another 30 minutes I'd say I was in it for a total of 45 and then by then I just was bored and I said all right all right that's enough I experienced it I tried it and then I can talk about it later share my experience with people and let them know you know what massages physical massages are just better if you want to relax not only do you get some muscle therapy and that's good for your body but mentally i think a massage is more relaxing than flotation therapy so the thing is now when you get out of the tub you have to shower again to get all the salt off of you and that's what they say they're like part of these rules They had all these pieces of paper everywhere for different sorts of rules and things to remember and remember here's a button to push the light on here's to do this over there don't touch this don't let anything fall in there here's something you can get to wash your eyes out if you get salt in here And here's a rag put that in there oh my gosh I thought, oh my, there's so much to remember. I'm like, this is my first time here. I just want to go lie down and float. Is that really such a problem? To me, it seemed so tedious, so many steps, so many things to remember. I was more stressed than relaxed. So after the fact, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to stick with my massages. You know, whenever I get them. They're pretty rare. But those are more relaxing to me. So there you have it. From the bonfire. Flotation therapy. That's a thumbs down. Not a big thumbs down, just a thumbs down. You're going to spend that money. You might as well spend it somewhere else on a full body massage that is far more relaxing. This is the bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network On Demand. Stupid internet stuff. Huh, click here for free. Oh, I got a virus. Smart internet stuff.
1: What's a phone party? Missing out. What? what oh, that? gosh. Google phone party and <laughs> I just picture lots not of, from uh, work, not from, not from computer. work computer. And Marco Rubio, and you'll you'll see too. It's a, it's like a big party
0: where people get naked, and there's like bubbles all like filled. The room is filled with bubbles. The morning blaze with Doc Thompson, weekdays six to nine a.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: This is the Bonfire on demand,
0: hosted by Andrew Herzog
1: on the Blaze Radio Network.
0: Alright, now here is a movie preview for those of you as interested in this sort of thing as I am. I've criticized Hollywood before for being lazy, for just doing book adaptations and sequels and remakes. Okay, let me clarify. Yes, they need to have some more original movies, and of course, you can only be original so much. It's going to be derogatory is the wrong word. It's going to be derivative of almost any story at this point. Yes, civilization, mankind has been around for thousands, tens of thousands of years, whatever, doesn't matter. But his entire existence, there have been stories. Okay? So it's going to be derivative of something, of course. There can still be some originality, though. In terms of those three points, book adaptations, remakes, and sequels, the least offensive is book adaptations. Because that, usually will encourage me to read the book if I haven't already, you know, if I go see the movie. Or I would have already read the book and be like, oh, now let me go see the movie interpretation of the book. Because sometimes, actually frequently, they completely change the book. I think, wow, you butchered it. Thank you so much, Hobbit. Um, Beowulf. Those are besides the point. Now, here's one called The Lost City of Z. I saw this book in a... bookstores years ago like displayed prominently so i'm pretty sure it's a relatively recent book you know uh, after 2010 so i saw it i was kind of intrigued i thought oh this sounds kind of interesting um but i never picked it up now i'm gonna have to not because this trailer convinced me it just it brought it back to mind like oh that's right that book did exist and then the description of the trailer helping explain the book just reminded me oh that's right I must have completely forgotten that because this sounds like a great story so to read the book and see the movie I'm probably gonna have to do that certainly see the movie you know as I always do bonfires all about them movies here's the trailer for the lost city of Z with Amazon Studios helping produce it
1: there's a major exploration afoot Terrible disease, murderous savages. The journey may well mean your life.
0: If we may find
1: a city where one was considered impossible to exist, it may well
0: write a whole new chapter in human history. You're going up river, are you? Ain't nobody comes back from up there.
1: So you'll never be quiet until you find this place. We must turn back. There is no turning back. It is your destiny.
0: The Lost City of Z. April 2017 so just in a few months away now that is certainly a line that's completely overused it is your destiny 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 all right that's enough it's very cliche to use that they use destiny in Pirates of the Caribbean I'm sure they used it in back to the future Lord of the Rings whatever I just it's easy it's too easy now to just say it. It's your destiny. You were always meant to do this. Okay. Well that's me nitpicking. Sorry. Anywho, Lost Trailer of Z. I butchered that. Lost City of Z. <laughs> oh Lord have mercy. It's late at night. That is how it goes. Now, the book. It says, let me let me read. Based on the author, David Grant's nonfiction bestseller. The Lost City of Z tells the incredible true story of the British explorer Percy Fawcett who journeys into the Amazon at the dawn of the 20th century and discovers evidence of a previously unknown advanced civilization that may have once inhabited the area despite being ridiculed by scientific establishment who uh, who regard indigenous population as savages, the determined Fawcett returns time and again to his beloved jungle in an attempt to prove his case culminating in his mysterious disappearance in 1925. So yeah, nonfiction. That happened. So the book, I'm sure, would be more accurate than the movie. Movies tend to be a little more dramatized and exciting. Okay. As long as you know that going in, then it can be an enjoyable movie and an enjoyable book. So with that being said, three months from now, Lost City of Z, movie coming out, Amazon Studios and Bleecker Street and I know I've talked about Bleecker Street here before. They've made movies like Anthropoid, Pawn Sacrifice. They kind of make the smaller Hollywood movies. They're not the big blockbuster Marvel-funded, Disney-funded kind of movies. Um, You know, I mean, both are good. Both have their place. The big blockbusters, and then the other just, hey, here's a good movie. Bleecker Street seems to be pretty good at picking quality stories, original stories, things that haven't been told before. Or if they had, they were told 80 years ago. Okay? We don't need to see a Ghostbusters remake 15 years, 20 years after the fact, okay? Just forget that. Anyway, that sounds like a great book. Someone who goes into the Amazon, which is always mysterious and amazing on its own, thinking he's found a civilization that was there that no one knew about, and his whole community, scientific community, is telling him, hey, you're wrong. <laughs> you're an idiot. And he keeps going back. And then, I mean, that's not even a good enough story right there. It ends... With him disappearing Okay, wow I think that's a good story Uh, I'd like to see that in a movie It's got um, Charlie Hunnam Hunnam, I believe is his name He's going to be in the new King Arthur movie I think that's coming out sometime this year And what else is he in? Hmm, He's in that biker show on TV Oh, what's it called? Sons of Anarchy Never seen it but you've seen this guy's face for sure. He's a uh, he's an up and he's an up and comer here in Hollywood. Here in Hollywood. There in Hollywood. <laughs> all right. There you have it. <clears throat> the takeaway. We should all go see this. I mean, if you want to fly to Dallas, you can come see it with me. Sure, we can schedule that. Why not? But if you don't want to pay for that, you know, fly to Dallas to pay for a movie. You know, whatever. Then wherever you are, go ahead and watch it. And I'm sure Amy. Movie review written by myself or Michael Tan or Carolyn McKenzie. They will uh, write something up on the main Bonfire website. So that's what we do. We like to share our thoughts about these types of things. Movies, TV shows, and books. The good stuff.
1: The Bonfire. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. liars by Beck on sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars the blaze radio network on demand the bonfire here's your host andrew herzog
0: all right ending this episode with a final takeaway here is how to reach the top there are two ways to reach the top serve your neighbor or drag him down that's it it's the servant versus the egotist The friend versus the rival, the noble man versus the despicable man, which one do you want to be? Many of us make the mistake of thinking we are all competing for the same piece of pie when in fact there are loads of pies and cakes and treats to go around. It's not a zero-sum game. You can actually get your piece of pie by serving it to others. Let me explain. To be successful in life, one must make decisions and trade-offs. You can decide to be cutthroat and do anything possible to make it big, all the while stepping on people along the way, alienating and offending everyone until you're all alone at the top, drowning in your own wealth and success. Or you can decide to think of the next guy's best interests. The trade-off is time. You might get to the top more quickly if you just barrel down the road running over everybody, but you'll reap a greater reward down the road if you take the time to work with others. It's counterintuitive, but giving more of yourself will pay you dividends down the road. A selfless decision will have an impact on people. And they'll see that and feel inspired to emulate you. People will follow and support the leader who cares for them. Of course, it's not all about you. We should be willing to help others because we genuinely want to, not because we expect something in return. Nevertheless, call it karma or whatever you like. What goes around comes around. We should look to serve others more and more. In one of my favorite books, The Go-Giver Leader, captures the secret of effective leadership, service. Bob Berg and John David Mann wrote an excellent follow-up to their previous book, The Go-Giver, here. Putting others first and concerning yourself about their welfare too is the path to success of your own. The book is anecdotal in nature, so don't think of it as a textbook. Just enjoy the little lessons written, without, written within. I want to be the gallant person helping others achieve success of their own, all the while finding some for myself. That's certainly possible, despite what some may believe. Be noble and gallant, not mean and ignoble. That. Words from me that I wrote. little, excuse me, inspiration that I had one day. And it's sort of a book review. Half-assed book review that I just quickly shoved into an article saying, yes, the go-giver and the go-giver leader are great books. I've mentioned them before here on the podcast. And they bring to light the fact that you should be serving others thinking of their best interests, okay? So, in the Minimalist documentary at the beginning of the show here, when they said, oh, it's just it's been happening to us for a 100 years, you know, the advertisers and the manufacturers and the people selling all this crap, they've been doing it to us for so long because somebody just wants to make a lot of money. Dude, they don't make money if you don't give them the damn money, okay? I'm sure you haven't, okay? But understand, they're not stealing the money or making it. They're just getting it. From the consumer. So don't get mad at the people who are making money hand over fist. It's the people who keep buying their crap. Over and over. <coughs> Apple. Mm. Okay. Now. The, uh, the the takeaway here. Is. Serve others. Think of their needs. Because. For one. If you scratch their back. They'll scratch yours. Okay. That's a very. Basic. You know. Concept there. You shouldn't. Do that just so they scratch your back You know, in return You should do it because it's the right thing to do You do get satisfaction from Helping someone else Not because you expect something in return So if you just do it You should probably get two things You feel good about yourself because you know, hey, I just helped this person And then on top of that They'll probably help you out down the road So the trade-off is time You can try to get to the top quickly Or Be a little more patient put in more effort more time more sacrifice it's absolutely sacrifice but you do that it'll pay off down the road so be patient be patient and caring that will pay dividends down the road ladies and gentlemen thank you for tuning into the Bonfire podcast once again here in the new blaze studios that I've been using uh, the first time I used it was last week I'm starting to get the hang of all these oof all these buttons here <laughs> and um the, you had to use the computer and get the volume just right so y'all can hear it and You know, I apologize for my nose and the cough and the stupid allergies, but it happens. You know, I'm here. I'm here for you to give you all the good stuff, the apolitical stuff, okay? The stuff that really matters. Let's be fair. Let's be fair. Find Bonfire on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and the main website, bonfirethoughts.com. Andrew Herzog, out.
1: This is the Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network.